Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Murray, end zone throw. Oh, what a catch! One-handed DeAndre Hopkins! Tunga by Loa, blocked by Armstead. Going, he's got him! He's got him! Tyreek Hill! And the Dolphins have come back! 60 yards! Ball away, and that's strikeout number six for Ryan Nelson. He's punched out three in a row. Here comes Craig Council. That was a foul tip directly into the mid of Carson Kelly, and then it rattled out. Perkins, the runner at third. Weimer down there at second, and that's going to split the gap. William Contreras gives Milwaukee the lead. Well, it's a three-run Milwaukee seventh. Still just one out, and Miller will bat for Tillez. Top of the first. Pitch on the way. Well hit. Deep down the right field line. Way back. It is gone. Aaron Hicks dials it out. A three-run shot, and the Orioles have put up four in the first. And just like that, the Orioles have jumped on Tyler Glasnow for four runs. As the Rays are down to their last strike. Orioles lead at 8-6. Batista at the belt. Swing and a miss. Happy birthday. Batista strikes out Paredes, and the Orioles book it 8-6. Pitch swung on and blasted. Down the right field line. Fair, it's gone, and it's gone. Into the second deck, Matt Olson crushes one down the right field line. His 21st home run of the season, and the Braves extend their lead a little further. It's 4-1. Sitting at two balls, two strikes. Iglesias... To the belt. Has the sign. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. And the ball game is over as the Braves take the opening game of this three-game set. Phillies missed some chances against Spencer Strider early, and the Braves break through late. And they beat the Phillies tonight 4-2. to two. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Wednesday, July, June, still June, June 21st edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2100.7, DeAndre Hopkins, is he a difference maker? The AFC East, who's the best team right now? The Diamondbacks, what did you think of Ryan Nelson last night? The Orioles, will they catch the Rays and win the AL East? It's not as crazy as you think. If you haven't looked at the standings lately, it's not as crazy as you think. Meanwhile, the Phillies, are they an NL wildcard team? National League is the key here. National League and American League, completely different as far as playoff situations, most likely. At least as far as, far as right now, that's certainly the case. And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction to today's pipeline. 
9.15, we'll have NFL, NFL uh, off-season uh, roundup, update, etc. Josh Alper scheduled to join us from Pro Football Talk. 9, 5, uh, 9.30, excuse me, and it'll be interactive action, 602-260-1060. And also, the local roundup, that'll include some Diamondbacks and Brewers analysis from Wednesday night. Uh, actually, Tuesday night, right? This is Wednesday. Tuesday night. Final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National Roundup. That'll be topped by... From the MLB scoreboard, a very fun night in baseball on Tuesday. The two games in California were tremendous. Meanwhile, then after the uh, sports sound, the the, uh, extra point from 10 to noon. Of course, that's hosted by Kale. That will include, among other things, more phone call time. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, is DeAndre Hopkins good enough to boost a contender into a conference championship team? And Kayla has the early returns. That I do, as things are loading here. Uh, the page seems to have changed a bit, but here we are. Yes, 60% of the vote, no trailing at 40%. Of course, the Cardinals released Hopkins last month, but they're paying him $19.45 million in 2023, base salary at least. And uh, they're taking a $29.99 million salary cap hit. Hopkins visited the Titans and Patriots the last two weeks, but did not reach an agreement with either. Uh, There's speculation that Hopkins might not sign with any team until after training camp in July or beyond, uh, maybe waiting for a uh, contending team to have a wide receiver injury of some kind. Today's Twitter poll question, who is the best AFC East team entering training camp? Buffalo, Miami, New England, or New York? And Kayla, what's going on here? Well, we have 100% of the vote on the Bills side of things. Ooh, okay. I didn't think it would be 100% Bills. Uh, The Jets, I thought there'd be some love for the Jets because certainly they're odds makers and you know the uh, the better the betting market. There's been a ton of love for the Jets. Uh, the addition of Aaron Rodgers has resulted in considerable betting handle uh, throughout most sports books worldwide. In addition to the the uh, the Twitter poll question there, uh, anything NFL NFL offseason is certainly strongly encouraged discussion today. Meanwhile, on the local front, the Diamondbacks blew a 4-0 lead last night at Milwaukee. The Diamondbacks' normally top-shelf defense failed to make a pair of routine plays, which the Brewers converted into runs during the decisive uh, seven run, excuse me, four-run four seventh inning. What uh, do you think? Uh, what do you think of Ryan Nelson's start last night? Three uh, runs, six hits, zero walks, six strikeouts, five strike, uh, five, five innings overall. So once again, five innings, and he gave up three runs, six hits, no walks and six strikeouts. All right, spanning the globe, the Orioles beat the Rays again. Baltimore now 3-1 and one against Tampa. They scored six runs in the first inning, and the first two innings, excuse me, after Tyler, uh, uh, Tampa Bay currently, East uh, Tyler Glass now, they did that on Tuesday night. Well, the Orioles 
just two games behind right now in the Rays in the loss column. Will the Orioles win the American League East? The Braves have pummeled the Phillies for years, except, remember last year, the National League postseason, uh, the, uh, the Braves pitching staff was far less than 100% and had some people injured during that series and before that series, and the Phillies won that series. But they're losing again to the Phillies this year, including last night, as you heard at the top of the show there. Are the Phillies a 2023 wildcard team? And remember, they are in the National League. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We've got all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's in the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060. Or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by around the NFL, the so-called vacation time in the NFL, but not for Josh Alper, pro football talk. And uh, we'll uh, try to hook up with Josh, uh, schedule to hook up with Josh in the next segment. So stay tuned for that. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, to be phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to the local roundup at the bottom of the hour. That'll be topped by some Diamondbacks and Brewers analysis from Tuesday night. You are listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. downloaded the KDUS AM 1060 skill for Alexa yet? Food. Alexa is frustrated. No matter how many times do you ask, the answer is mail, chicken. Once you're ready, say Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060 to listen to your favorite shows. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home of the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The NFL is on vacation, if there is such a thing. Uh, out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the Sports Zone by Josh Alper, Pro Football Talk. And Josh, does the NFL ever go on vacation? Uh, I think we're we're as close as we get for the next few weeks here. So uh, I, I know I'm going I'm going on a little bit of a vacation. So the NFL can do what it wants, but I'm going to take my little time where I can get it. Good move. I, I, if I were in your situation, I would I would definitely be doing that. This would seem to be the time to do it. All right. So speaking of vacation, DeAndre Hopkins is without a team. Uh, he's roughly making $20 million not to play for the Cardinals. Is Hopkins a good enough player right now at this stage of his career to boost an NFL contender 
into like a conference championship team? I think that that may be pushing it a little bit, but I, I think he's good enough to take a middling uh, to slightly below average receiving core and make it you know something a little bit more appealing. And, and I think the two teams that he's visited, the Titans and the Patriots, are, are really in need of that. And uh, I don't know that he makes them you know top contenders. And certainly the Patriots in the AFC East, that's going to be a, a you know a tough division I think across the board this year, but. I think he's the kind of receiver that get, would give either quarterback in those places a, a real reliable hand that, that isn't currently on the uh, on the roster. Okay, so let's kind of expand on those two teams. In fact, uh, it's kind of going to do that anyway. How good would Hopkins, if he landed in New England, how good do you think the Patriots could be? I think they can be a playoff team. I, I think it, it is hard to see them winning that division, but I, I think that it. You know, you could see them winning nine, ten games. Uh, you know, uh, Bill O'Brien should be a huge upgrade offensively as a coach, and, and clearly as a guy who who has worked with Hopkins. I, I know it wasn't the best relationship, but it is something that uh, they, he got the best out of Hopkins. He got more out of Hopkins than, than I think they did in Arizona, and I think that's something that would be a great need for a Patriots team. I'm, I, I think that the defense is very interesting there. Uh, they've sort of remade it on the fly. And, and I think the offense, if, if you were to get back to where it was in 2021, which is, you know, league average-ish, I, I think you have a, a real chance to make the playoffs. Uh, so I, I think that's something where, where Hopkins would be of great value to that team. Okay, so would Hopkins make a big difference in Tennessee, where he also visited, as you mentioned? I mean, as of right now, you know, Tennessee's number one receiver is, you know, Traylon Burks, whose rookie year was not, you know, number one receiver stuff. It, it, it would be much nicer if he was a third receiver, I think, at this point in his career. Uh, so any, anything you can do to give Ryan Tannehill more options and anything you can do to create more breathing room for Derrick Henry when he runs the ball is, is a big plus for Tennessee. But, you know, I, I think Tennessee has sort of been doing this halfway rebuild the last couple of years, and I, I don't love – the results of it, I think that, you know, the, the decision to change general managers last year was a very telling one. I, I think this team got a little bit off track and there's more work to do. I, I think Hopkins would not move the needle as much for Tennessee as he might for, for the Patriots. All right. So you mentioned, uh, you know, the AFC East, certainly intriguing in large part because Aaron Rodgers has landed in the swamps of Jersey with the Jets. Entering training camp, who, who's the best team in the AFC? Uh, AFC East, excuse me. To narrow it down to that. Well, I, I think, you, you know, you, you'd have to still give it to the Bills, although the, the Stefan Diggs drama at the end of, of the offseason program is certainly something to watch as they head into training camp. It, it does feel like the Bills are a team where this is it. This, this year is really for this window, this this group, this era, whatever you want to say, it, it, it's time that they have to put it all together and do something. They took a step backwards last year, didn't make it as far, um, or have taken steps backwards. They haven't made it to the AFC title game now in the last the last couple of years, and, and that's a big that's a big difference from a team that seemed poised, you know, had the Chiefs beat a couple of years ago and, and gave up that game. Uh, so it, it does feel like that that something is that that move has to be made. That that trip back up to the top has to come, and and that's a lot of pressure to carry into the season. 
shows they're clearly better. I, I still think they're the class of the division, but I, I think that the Jets, Dolphins, and Patriots all have to feel like, you know, that something may be in reach if, if what looks like behind-the-scenes issues continue to spill to the front of the page. You mentioned Stefan Diggs. Is he ever going to be happy whether, you know, just looking, considering his history at Minnesota and Buffalo and, for that matter, even the University of Maryland for a while? Yeah, I know. He, he's sort of that old, that prototypical defense receiver who is phenomenal on the field and, and, you know, anytime the ball's not in his hand, seems to be uh, completely dissatisfied and We've seen those players before, and we've seen teams win with those players before. I, I think he's a winning football player, and, and you can win with you know with him having these occasional scouts. But if there really is some deeper issue between him and Josh Allen, and, and it felt like there were hints of that in, in the comments at the end of the spring, that you know that that this could be a year. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we're looking at Antonio Brown situation, but you know maybe some of the the lesser Randy Moss, Terrell Owens years where it uh, it really impacted the play on the field. But I, I also think there's every chance that Diggs will be fine by the time the season starts and, and everyone will be able to put their business aside. Uh, I, you know, I, I would be concerned if I were the Bills about something, but I, I think you have time to work on it and time to address the issues between now and the start of the season. Tyreek Hill, his latest reported legal issues, you know, the, the NFL law and order you know, system seems inconsistent, but let's put it this way. Can the Dolphins afford Hill missing any time to maybe to a suspension and still like win the AFC East? Uh, a game or two, yeah, I think it could still work out. If, if you're talking about four or six games, no, I, I think that's a, a much taller order. Uh you know, and, and I, I think that, you know, we'll, we'll see what plays out here. It's, it's another one that's built into sort of a, a pattern in decision-making that, that you don't want to see. Um, but it also feels like this may pass over without anything really happening, at least based on the current report. You know, we'll see where it goes. It only came out yesterday. But this it, 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 it doesn't feel like it's going to rise to the level of a, a lengthy absence for, for Tyreek Hill if there's any, you know, uh, any resolution to the issue before the start of the season or before the end of the season, quite frankly. I, you know, we're still waiting for Alvin Kamara and, and other things from from yeah. 2022 to uh, resolve themselves. So I, I think that it's, it's, it's a long shot to think that this is going to affect his availability in, in, the, in a few months. Okay, so from diva wide receivers to running backs, do you expect Saquon Barkley to be a training camp holdout and would that be a good idea for Barkley if he did that? Yeah, look, I, I think that it's the, it's the business that the Giants chose. It, it is, it, 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 it's what happens when you franchise tag a player. And, and you know, Tony Pollard has signed his franchise tag. I, I think it's wise for a running back to do that. I, I wouldn't want to do anything like Le'Veon Bell did, certainly, and, and – Go, you know, where Barkley talked about perhaps sitting out the season. I, I don't think it goes that far, but uh, I, I think there's no reason for Saquon Barkley to risk tearing his ACL in the summer when he's got no contract for 2024. I, I think it's a, you know, it's a legitimate risk and one that he's been through. He's been down that road, and and for him to 
obligate himself to that kind of risk for, for a team that won't extend him anything beyond this year, I, I would imagine is, is a, a real consideration in his mind. Um, I'd be surprised if a contract is reached, um, and I'd be surprised if he's not there by week one, but I wouldn't expect him at training camp without a new deal, no. Free agent Dalvin Cook, uh, is there a best landing spot for him? And how much should his numerous, you know, multiple shoulder, shoulder surgeries uh, you know, maybe scare some teams off, or does that limit his options? It, it would scare me off if, if I were counting on him to be a, a kind of workhorse back, but I don't think that's going to be the case anywhere he lands at this point. And I don't think, you know, quite honestly, I, I think he wants more money than he's going to be able to get, which is why I, I think Kirk Cousins said last week that, that he doesn't feel the doors closed on a Vikings return because Cook may wind up making whatever money the Vikings offer him in a pay cut and may not be able to top that on the open market and, and say, I'll just stick with what I know and, and put time with Alexander Madison and, and go forward in Minnesota. If not, I think Miami, the Jets, even the Cowboys make sense as, as teams that are looking to gild the lily a little bit in their bid for the playoffs. And Cook, as a guy who can catch out of the backfield, run, good pass protector, do all of those kinds of things, he, he'd be a good fit for any number of teams. But those, you know, those are ones that have already come up in conjunction with him and I, I think are real possibilities for, for where he could wind up next. Talking with Josh Alper from Pro Football Talk. Okay, on to some quarterback things. Uh, the Chargers. Uh, will they avoid Justin Herbert's threatened training camp hold-in? I, th- I think more likely than not, you know, whether Herbert has a deal or not, I would, I would think he's there and practicing. I, I think he knows, as much as everyone has been blown away by his physical ability and his talent, the team hasn't won enough. And... I think they feel this year they have a lot of the pieces, you know, they have all the pieces set up. They're going to need to be good from day one if they're going to really challenge the Chiefs and the AFC West. And I think Herbert knows how much those things will reflect on him, especially if they were to fall short this year of expectations. Uh, Brandon Staley won't be back for another year, almost certainly. And then what, what would a new coaching staff do? What would a new if you change general managers, what, what kind of change in direction in the organization would that mean if things go really you know, off the rails this year, if he gets hurt, something like that? So uh, I think he's going to want to maximize their chances this year. And, and my guess is that they find a way to get a deal done by training camp just to take all of those questions off the table. Joe Burrow, uh, to my knowledge, hasn't threatened to be a training camp holdout or hold in. Uh, should the Bengals you know, take care of him before the start of the season? It'd be wise. Better to get it done than, than not. You're only, uh, the only two options are the price tag keeps going up or something disastrous happens and your franchise is in disarray. Uh, obviously, that would be a chance after, after signing Burrow. But once you sign Burrow, you can start dealing with T. Higgins and then Jamar Chase next year and really figure out a way to, to cement the foundation of this team for as long as possible. And I, I think that's something that the Bengals should be very interested in. They, they haven't traditionally been big free agency teams. They've been very good at building their team from within the last few years. They've been very smart about the choices they've made on both sides of the ball. And Burrow will make them a more appealing destination moving forward if they can't hold on to Higgins or they can't hold on to Chase or, or some other things were to happen. So I, I think that Lock 
Locking in Burrow is, is vitally important for them. Uh, and I think that happens because I think Burrow is about as happy in his situation as any player in the NFL right now. The 49ers, uh, Valley product, Brock Purdy, Trey Lance also on that roster, obviously. When both are healthy, who's the starting quarterback? Uh, Brock Purdy, if, if they're both healthy. Well, you know, it, it seems wild when you're comparing the third pick in a draft and, a, and the last pick in a draft that Purdy's more experienced and he's been better in the NFL than Trey Lance has. He's, you know, Trey Lance has not played a lot of football since he left high school. Um it, it, with, with COVID and then obviously sitting on the bench and last year's injury, it, it, he hasn't played enough and he hasn't done enough to say that he'd be a favorite over Purdy who showed that, I, I mean, if he doesn't get hurt, there's a good argument that the 49ers make the Super Bowl last year. And so I, I think that that's a, there's a huge gulf between them. Lance can make up some of it while Purdy's still recovering, but if if Purdy is healthy in August, I, I think there's no question that he's the starting quarterback. And, and I don't think that it's a sure thing that Trey Lance would be the starter over Sam Darnold if Purdy isn't healthy. So I, I don't really see that being an of issue in San Francisco. The AFC East, we discussed them. Is there an NFL team outside of the AFC East that you think has made the most improvement during the offseason? Yeah, you know, I, I think that it, it's hard to it's hard to look at anything other than, you know, when you talk about improvement, just getting Aaron Rodgers and, and obviously, you know, the Dolphins banning Jalen Ramsey. Those, those are those are huge moves. But I, I think you're going to – and this is a, a lower caliber one. But I, I think that the Houston Texans are going to be respectable this year. And it's been a while since we've said that. And I, I think that C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson were really good state picks at the top of the draft, and I think they've done a lot to upgrade the overall talent on the roster. And just having a coach where you know that he's going to be there for more than one year, and you have a coach who has actual support from an organization that that doesn't have five cooks in the pot, you know, in the kitchen at, at personnel level anymore. You have a clear leader in Demeco Ryan, and I think that's a huge and significant difference. I don't know that that is going to give them a chance to challenge the Jaguars in the South, but it's not a good division. And, and if they can be better than the Colts and the Texans, which I, I, the Titans I do think is in reach, uh, you, you know, you never know. It's these, you always get these teams that wind up around 500 at the end of the season and you're not quite sure how they got there. And, and it wouldn't shock me if the Texans are one of them. All right. Uh, how about a team that perhaps surprisingly did not step up and do enough in your mind during the off season? Well, you know, I I think you, you, I, if you exclude teams like the, the Cardinals, who who seem to be, you know, moving away from immediate contention in, in hopes of of solidifying things for the future, uh, I was a little surprised that the Falcons didn't make a bigger swing at quarterback. Um, to to buttress or replace Desmond Ritter. I, I I mean I know they like him. I know that they have high hopes for him and, and like that little audition that he had at the la- end of last season. But I like the talent across the board on that team, and I, I do wonder if he isn't if he isn't good that that what you do next then because then you're you had a chance this year with some veteran quarterbacks to 
to make a move that, that would have been a little bit more interesting. And I, I'm not even talking about an Aaron Rodgers-type swing or, or trading up in, into a higher pick to, to go for an Anthony Richardson or someone like that. But I, I wouldn't mind, you know, seeing a, a Gardner Minshew or a Baker Mayfield or, or guys that just have been successful NFL starting quarterbacks in the past um, over, over Taylor Heineke. Um, as, as the only other option in town, and, and have a real full-throated, fully you know, fully vested competition for that quarterback job. I just think it was a little passive for for a team that that has a real opportunity in that NFC South. I, I think to to be the champion, it's a lot of eggs to put in the basket of a quarterback who no one's quite sure about. Okay, uh, last up, I, I was going to spare you the Cardinals, and you know, more importantly, me of the Cardinals. Um, but uh, you brought them up. Are, are they currently? Is this currently the worst roster in the NFL? I think so. I I, I do. I think I, I think the you know the quarterback's the most important position, and, and you have Colt McCoy and and an injured Kyler Murray. It, it's not it's not where you want to be. Um, your best defensive player doesn't want to be on the team. Uh, it, it, it's hard to see any any real like high high echelon talent. You, you have these guys, these vestiges of the last system, Isaiah Simmons and, and David Collins and, and guys who are players, but they're not. They, they don't appear to be difference makers. They they don't appear to be guys who are going to to really push the needle in any direction. I think they're really well suited. To grow from here that trade to to get the texans first round pick next year was a very good one and i like that they were looking in that direction and they really understand that that this season is going to be a struggle no matter what but uh yeah i mean if i were betting on anyone to be the first pick in the in the draft next year it would be the cardinal i'm holding that selection all right, Josh, we always appreciate it. Get lost for a while, and uh, we'll uh, drag out some of your knowledge in a few weeks. Thanks. Sounds good. Have a good one. YouTube, Josh Alper, Pro Football Talk. Excellent stuff, as always. We covered a lot of stuff there. And uh, pretty much an, an off-season review, so to speak, and sort of a preview looking ahead in some cases. All right, next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060. General discussion. We got time in room if you want to get in. 602, also sometime in some room. Uh, 602, 260, 1060. Also get to some local roundup, including a little bit from the Diamondbacks from last night. Quite frankly, a game that was competitive and had some interesting moments. There wasn't a whole lot to break down from last night, so we'll get to a couple things that I think are pertinent, and uh, we'll get to that. and. And who knows what else in the next segment during the local roundup. And your phone calls, once again, 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. Teams Out West brings NFL, NBA, MLB, and local sports talk to you Monday night starting at 7 on KDUS AM 1060 and the KDUS 1060 app. It's time for today's local roundup. 
Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1016 KS Lux HD2 100, uh, 100.7. We thank Josh Alper from Pro Football Talk. If you missed that, you can podcast after the show. Uh, but don't don't do it right now because um, I got lots of more good stuff here. And that's starting with the uh, local roundup. If you want to get in phone call wise, though, 602 260 1060. We've got time and room if you want to jump aboard. Feel free to interrupt at any point. But it better be good. I'm just kidding. Sort of. Kind of. Maybe not. Anyway, you can take your own risk. Uh, today's local roundup, we uh, start that with the Diamondbacks. They blew a 4-0 lead last night and wasted a decent start by Ryan Nelson. Cattell Marte failed to make two fairly routine defensive plays during the four-run seventh inning in the Brewers' 7-5 victory that deadlocked the series. Heading into the night's, or excuse me, this afternoon's matinee contest, or this morning for our time, uh, Marte, who has played, quite frankly, surprisingly good defense this season. Uh, last night, he did hit a three-run homer in the second inning, but failed to make those two plays during the, ex, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Brewers' explosion during the seventh inning. Austin Adams was a losing pitcher. He, he, he really... Uh, a completely confusing sentence there because he didn't really have any control of him being the losing pitcher. Yeah, he induced two ground balls that turned into Marte misplays. Then Adams was replaced by Kyle Nelson, who allowed he allowed uh, Nelson did the two-run double to William Contreras that gave the Brewers a seven-to-five lead, and hence Adams becomes the losing pitcher. Back to Ryan Nelson, uh, the oft ineffective starting pitcher. Did he allowed three runs, six hits, no walks, six innings, uh, six strikeouts? Excuse me, over five innings, and really he was cruising before he allowed a two-run homer to Jesse Winker, who hadn't hit a home run this season before that uh, massive shot that he hit to center field last night. Lost in all the negative drama here is the Diamondbacks' offense scored one run after the second inning last night. The Diamondbacks had won five consecutive road games before last night. That was their longest winning streak on the road since August 25th through September the 7th of 2019. Up next, Zach Gallen, 8-2 of the 298 on run average, scheduled to pitch for the Diamondbacks. Julio Tehran, you know, he was like gone and not even in the major leagues for two or three years. I mean, he was a tremendous pitcher for the Braves uh, and for many years in, the, in you know, the last decade. Not this one, but the last one. He's made a phenomenal comeback here. I've watched some of his games, and I know the, you know the metrics people, and I agree with the metrics people in this case. I don't know how he's getting people out, but he's getting people out with regularity. He, is, uh, he has a 178 or run average in his, uh, since he's come back, which was about oh, four, five, six starts ago. He's two and two on the season, and uh, he'll be pitching uh, scheduled to pitch for the Brewers today. Gallon in his last five starts is two and zero. He has a, a 297 run average over that span, coming off a ninth quality start this season for him. He allowed one earned run in seven innings in the uh, Diamondbacks' five to one victory over the uh, over the Guardians. That was on June 16th. Of course, June 16th is a great day in American history. Uh, Gallon among NL starters, is tied for second with a, with eight wins. He is tied for third with 106 strikeouts. He is seventh with a 296 or run average. 
and he is ninth with a 113 whip. That's 113 uh, whip. That's ninth among starting pitchers. So, the updated National League West standings. The Diamondbacks lose another game to the Giants last night. And the Diamondbacks and Giants actually begin a three-game series this weekend in the Bay Area. We will preview the Giants, by the way, in the 9:15 segment of Friday Sports Zone, or get a Giants update. Uh, we talked about the Giants uh, when they were here last month in the series, but uh, they're playing great. They've now won nine out of ten. I believe they won eight or nine in a row. Uh, they beat the uh, Padres, walked them off again last night for a second straight night. More on that in the next segment. But the Diamondbacks now sitting at 34 and 30. They're only two games ahead in the loss column against the uh, against the Giants. Uh, the Dodgers actually won last night because they played the Angels. And at least in recent history, they always beat the Angels. Like and almost every time. In fact, they've beaten them seven straight times when they play them. So the Dodgers now sitting at 40 and 33. The Padres, they've lost the last two nights. And you know, just when I thought we might take them somewhat seriously, nah, they've lost the last two days and lost in agonizing fashion in each of the last two days. And they're now back to three games under 500. So we can kiss them goodbye until we maybe think about for 10 minutes or maybe one or two days that maybe they're okay, uh, but they're not. And Colorado just sucks. And uh, they're also in the process of, get, process of getting swept in a series at Cincinnati. That game currently underway, even though I think Colorado, if I just looked at my TV screen here, uh, does have a one nothing lead at the end of a half inning uh, so far today. Also in today's local roundup, ASU alum James Harden, uh, he has a decision to make. Uh, there's been lots of rumors that the Sixers, uh, they're not, you know, they're actually he's going to opt out and leave the Sixers and go back to Houston. But now there's a reports in the last couple of days that maybe he will stay in uh, Philadelphia with the 76ers. I actually hope he does because I think it would just be fun drama. Uh, Nick Nurse has been known to ride his players some. And the way that Harden plays sometimes, I don't think exactly uh, coincides with Nick Nurse's philosophy. So I think that will be a fun thing to follow during the uh, next NBA regular season. There are very few fun things to follow during any NBA regular season, no matter what team it is. But this is one thing that I would think is worth trying to pay attention to, see if they can get along and coexist, etc. Meanwhile, DeAndre Hopkins, we talked about him in the last two segments. We have him as a poll question today. And we also talked about uh, Hopkins with Josh Alper in the last segment. Uh, he's, uh, you know, there, there was a report earlier this week. Actually, it wasn't even a report. It was, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook appeared on Adam Schefter's podcast and actually talked about the, uh, the talk about, uh, he, he, you know, Cook talked about that he would like to play with Hopkins. Well, unless they're going to both take minimum salary contracts, you know, Hopkins can't because the Cardinals are still paying him $20 million roughly for the upcoming season to not play here. You know, Cook and a whole different deal there. Uh, but unless they play on minimum salary contracts, there's no chance that they're going to be on the same team this uh, upcoming season or probably any season. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's spectacular one-hour radio program called The Sports Zone. 
We'll have the National Roundup. That'll be topped by from the scoreboard from the Major League Baseball world last night, an extremely fun night of uh, Major League Baseball. I think it was uh, the uh, Angels and Dodgers, Giants and Padres. Those games were going on simultaneous last night. To me, that was the most fun couple of hours of baseball this season. Reminded me of you know playoff baseball in October. It was highly entertaining. Uh, so we'll go through a little bit of what happened in those two games and whatever else we can jam into a National Roundup segment. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7. SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun. Join us right here on KDUS AM 1060. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back to the uh, final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Right into the baseball scoreboard in their uh, two October level uh, type games played last night in uh, in California. The Giants have now won nine in a row. The Diamondbacks play there this weekend in the three-game series. The Giants walked off the Padres last night for a second consecutive game. Jock Peterson had a game-tying homer in the eighth inning and then drove in the winning walk. Well, kind of drove it in. He drew the winning walk in the ninth inning off Josh Hader with the bases loaded. So that was the end of the game. Uh, it was a walk-off walk. As the Giants beat the Padres 4-3 to last night, ninth consecutive victory for the Giants. They did fail to score at least seven runs for the first time in seven games. Peterson drew that uh, bases loaded walk after Hader, off a Hader, excuse me, after Mike Yastrzemski gave the, the Giants a, member, a victory on Monday night. He hit the three-run homer in the 10th inning. That was not off a Hader, but uh, in the 10th inning to end that particular game. Meanwhile, the Padres, after the last two nights, are back to three games under 500. Meanwhile, at Anaheim, Miguel Rojas doubled and singled. Uh, and uh, off, uh, you know, singled off. A, it was kind of a fluky play, but you know, whatever. Uh, he scored, and uh, also, you know, Clayton Kershaw and Reed Detmers were dealing last night. Seven scoreless innings for both of those guys, but then the Dodgers uh, got the two runs in the eighth inning. The Dodgers win uh, the uh, first uh, game of the uh, freeway series. They're going to play a couple more games at Dodger Stadium in a couple weeks, but. They won uh, the Dodgers 2-0 last night. The Dodgers have now won the last seven meetings against the Angels. Tonight, for the uh, first time in his six major league seasons, Shohei Otani, who is 6-2 with a 329 run average, is pitching against the Dodgers. He's never faced them before. Many people believe he'll be on the Dodgers next year. Uh, so we'll see how this goes tonight. Michael Grove, 0-2 and with an 8-10 run average, is expected to be uh, the latest, you know, basically, uh, you know, latest to fill the Dodgers pitching rotation. That's kind of what he's doing because they don't have anybody else at this point. Meanwhile, Garrett Cole has been the de- definition of an ace this season. Last night, Cole, who's now 8-1, Allowed one run and four hits, seven in the third innings, eight strikeouts, one walk. Then the Yankees won on Tuesday night 
against the Mariners to end their four-game losing streak. Cole, this year, after Yankees' losses, is now 4-0 with a 187 or run average. New York, after a... Uh, after a loss, is now 7-0 in, in Cole's starts. By the way, New York is 5-8 and eight since Aaron Judge injured his right big toe on June the 3rd. And uh, New York is 9-14 and 14 without the you know, Judge this season. Then we missed some time. He's been on the injured list twice, and he sat out a couple games here and there. But they're 9-14 and 14 when he doesn't play. They're 31-19 and 19 when he does play. Meanwhile, Yankees left-hander Carlos Rodon with a strained left forearm and sore back. Uh, he is uh, on a rehab assignment. He started that last night. He allowed one run in three uh, in three innings for double-A uh, Somerset against New Hampshire. So if you had summer, if you had Somerset against New Hampshire, uh, you know, I don't even know who won the game. But uh, you know, Rodon looked good, apparently. Uh, so they, they were happy with that performance. He struck out five, walked one, allowed one hit, and 27 of his 42 pitches were strikes. All right, a couple other quick baseball notes. The Guardians got good news, I think. They got news, let's put it that way. And regarding Tristan McKenzie, it was believed he was headed for Tommy John surgery. That might still happen. He was diagnosed with a UCL, UCL sprain uh, of his right elbow. Uh, he's going to be shut down for the next few weeks. They've also recalled, you know, Phenom Gavin Williams uh, from Columbus, and he's their latest uh, you know, starting pitcher that was expected uh, to do great things, and he's expected to start today for the Guardians, and it's against Oakland. So you're going to debut against the team. Uh, probably Detroit, Kansas City, and Oakland would be your three choices from the American League. So that's uh, what's going to happen, it appears, today in uh, Cleveland. All right, next two hours will be the Extra Point, hosted by Kayla. Phone call time, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.